Shut up. I'm listening to the next English podcast. You're listening to Zdenex English Podcast, a podcast for English learners at B1, B2 and C1 levels. So, hello everybody. Welcome back to Zdenex English Podcast. Uh, here is another episode for you and this time I'm talking to Kara. Hi Kara, how are you today? Hi, I'm fine, thanks. Good to have you on the podcast. Uh, so, Kara, you are originally from Scotland. Yeah. Yes, but you're not living in Scotland anymore. That's Where are you right. based? I live uh, in Besançon, which is a town in the east of France, um, pretty close to Switzerland. Nice one. So, you are a fellow English teacher, mm. and from what I have seen quite successful let me just tell you uh everyone how actually this happened how this podcast happened uh, it was a cara who sent me an email and i'm gonna read that email out to you now so it went like this hi zdenek how are you i'm getting in touch as i've always been interested in your podcast and how you've created it to improve your own English skills. I think I found out about you via Luke from Luke's English Podcast, of course. I saw that you were thinking of ending the podcast and I would love to be on it before you do. I've been on the podcast, uh, podcast of some of your guests, such as Luke, Martin, Rob and Gabriel. Why are they all blokes? <laughs> I, teach, I teach through movies and I run a movie club for English learners. So I go on podcasts to try to spread my movies are better together message as well as to give tips on learning with movies particularly improving your listening skills if you would like to have a chat about these topics just let me know best wishes cara so yes i would like to have a chat with you about <laughs> all that cara <laughs> well there you go just read out the email that's a top podcasting tip just Don't do a like an introduction. Just just read out an email. Uh, I like it. I I like that email. It was cool, and I don't get that many people wanting to be on the podcast either. So I thought it was a unique moment for this podcast. <laughs> oh and, right, I'm so I'm, and, I'm so surprised. So what do you, does that mean? You that you reach out to people and have to get them on? Or I guess it, it's it. I guess I guess so. But I've had some people who have asked me to be on the podcast, of course. But I just thought it was interesting that you also kind of noticed the fact that um, I was about to sort of be done with the podcast, which I'm still mm. not sure about completely, but I have got... These these thoughts are on my mind, obviously, eh? because of the, the stuff I do now as a teacher, teacher mm. working online. We can talk about that later. But anyway, this is, this is the introduction. So Kara... You've been on Luke's English podcast. You've been mm. on uh, the podcast um, English with Rob podcast, right? Yeah. You've been on Gabriel's podcast mm -hmm. and Martin's Rock and Roll English podcast as yeah. well. Yeah. So it's you're a fantastic guest to be on this podcast as well. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, I don't want to disappoint anybody now. Um, I don't know if those episodes were the best episodes of those podcasts. I'm, I'm sure they weren't, but um, yeah, I like going on podcasts. It's fun. It's fun. Talk about what you do and to meet Absolutely. other 
teachers and podcasters and yeah so Absolutely. people will have me <laughs> yeah why I'm not I mean, <laughs> i'm very happy to have you for all sorts of reasons first of all not that many people um have noticed <laughs> this that I, i was about to end my podcast and secondly obviously for what you do yeah so i i really like the idea so let's talk about that today mm. um that's kind of your speciality as a teacher you focus on teaching listening skills mainly mm. uh, you do it through films through movies mm -hmm. so how did that idea come about how did that happen well um It wasn't really uh, sort of destined to be like that at first because well, when I first thought about teaching online, I thought, well, you know, I've worked a lot with like French people, so maybe I could do something um, for French speakers. I think a lot of teachers think like this. They're, they yeah. they just kind of figure, well, I'll just do English teaching, but for the people whose language I speak or, you know, I, I know them, I know their mistakes or whatever. Um, I'm really glad I didn't, <laughs> I didn't pursue that too far because, um, yeah, I don't really, I don't really like it that much necessarily. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and after I started teaching, teaching online and, and getting going with that, um, I was working with someone who, well, she kind of said she, had come to me because she wanted to understand the books she was reading in English. Um, but in fact, when you dug a bit deeper, her, her problem was actually more to do with um, listening and then more specific, well, a, a listening problem, a listening problem is, is ultimately a comprehension problem, isn't it? An understanding problem. So she, um, she's retired now, but she was a doctor, a dermatologist, and she used to go to a lot of conferences so I think anybody who works with doctors ends up you know having to prepare them for conferences and the speaking part is one thing obviously if you're presenting at the conference that's one thing uh, that you have to deal with but in a way that's through practice and getting some good slides together and yeah just really practicing your presentation I think that is doable For, mm -hmm. for most people, you know, they can they can present, but then the worrying part is more like, oh God, then people are going to start asking questions. What if I don't understand them? And then there's all the kind of like, um, you know, there's the breaks and the all the kind of meeting people informally that happens at conferences. Feels weird to talk about conferences because probably not many people have been to a conference for ages. But if you can remember, like online um, conferences, Zoom yeah, conferences, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, well, all of the, you know, especially when they were off offline, they, you know, there there is a, a big element of just you know hanging out and meeting people randomly, and you know, yeah. so those moments are kind of worrying if you're if English mm. is not your first language because again, it's like, oh God, what if I don't understand? So you know, would, I. Would, mm. So would you say it, it's maybe a little bit more unpredictable uh, when it comes to your own presentation? You can yeah. prepare it, you can structure mm. it. You can you have if you really want to do it well, you know, you just take that time putting it all together well, right? But when it comes to these moments, when it comes to actually understanding what other people are saying and what maybe what you're also kind of referring to small talk, mm. it is more challenging for people and it's 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 more daunting would be the right adjective to use. Daunting. It's like yeah, oh god, yeah. what's gonna happen now? <laughs> yeah, presentation is bad enough, but like you say, you've got that there is an element of control and nobody's gonna 
necessarily interrupt you that's not usually what happens is it they save their questions to the end so yeah um, during the presentation it's like even when you start learning a language like I don't know I'm sure you could give me like okay you speak Czech which is apparently like the hardest language barely barely yeah you've forgotten it all now you just speak English well 90 90 percent of time I speak English these days so okay you might forget (laughs) it I know somebody Czech here and she said like her Czech was starting to go a bit you know not so great like you know like her parents would say to her like speak properly you know um but if you gave me a Czech phrase book so I could go to Prague for a weekend I'm sure I could learn like I already know ahoy for answering the phone in Czech yeah. Um, it's not going to get me very far, is it's it? Like a, it's like a sailor's greeting in English, though. Sailor, yeah, exactly. That's why it's really funny. Like when I heard someone check on the phone, I was like, "Really? That's what you say?" Okay. Or check people's sailors, or do they just? Like, yeah, they was with that. Like, la- There's no sea anywhere near you. Yes, you we know? are a landlocked country. You're exactly. right. Exactly. Yeah. But like, you could give me a Czech phrase book, and I could learn like "hello, goodbye." Mm-hmm. Well, hello and goodbye is ahoy, so you're you're all right. Ahoy, ahoy. see how far ahead of the yeah. game I am? So, like, in a way, sometimes <laughs> speaking a foreign language, like, if you, you know, you're a beginner and you start learning some textbook stuff like that, like, you, you're like, okay, I'm starting to know something. But then, obviously, when people start talking back to you, um, you're well, you're not going to understand them as a beginner. But, even, you know, even later, sometimes people have said to me, you know, like, my speaking's pretty good. I feel quite confident about that. But actually, yeah. like, the worrying part is when people start speaking back to me. And then okay. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't understand them, especially if they're native speakers. Um, yeah. And so it's totally normal, actually, to be in that situation where your speaking can actually be ahead of your listening. And in a way, it's not good. Because if people are like, wow, this person's really fluent, they're a really competent speaker, they're just going to go, you know, they're not really going to modify their language as much. Whereas if you, your English was a bit, you know, less fluent, you were maybe searching for your words, they would probably like go slower when they speak. So it's kind of funny. You can actually end up, your speaking competence can actually be like a, a a bit of a, you know, hindrance for you when, if, if you're, if your listening isn't as as good. So, so do you find that like, if you look at all English learners around the globe, do you find that this is common? Like, in percent, if you if you were to express it in percentage, or <laughs> like this, this is interesting because I tend to meet a lot of people who have the opposite problem, whose spe- whose listening and passive understanding and comprehension is ahead of the, their speaking. Yeah. yeah, they're as you say ahead of their speaking, but this is this is the this is the opposite problem, which is quite quite unique. So, um, why how is this even? happening like How is it who, who, who do you think like if, if we were to look at perhaps i don't know if this is if we are allowed to do that but certain nationalities i don't think we are naming and shaming here i think mm. it's true isn't it like certain nationalities struggle with certain things right oh, so yeah. who, who would you say who would you say would uh, kind of fit in that category then ah yeah of having maybe sometimes speaking ahead of this that's a really good question mm-hmm. because um yeah, I do, I do think that other scenario is more common. Um, mm. And yeah, certainly, well, in, my student was French. Okay. Um, French people tend to be quite like negative about their English in general. So they're like, oh, we're really bad at it. And we were taught it badly. You know, there's a lot of like, you know, it was badly taught at school. And Yeah, so, I think it's, yeah, it's the same with Czech people. They, they would mm. say that exactly the same, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I wonder if some of that comes from like, I've heard, you know, something weird that I've noticed is like, if you go to Portugal, often people yeah. uh, have a good level of English and they even speak French and I'm sure other languages are like, wow, Portuguese people really good at languages, good for them. And then you go to Brazil and you hear that like, you know, a lot of people struggle with English and you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Cause like, okay. Same language. Know, well, same, okay. Brazilian Portuguese and Portugal Portuguese yeah. are, are kind are, are different, but ultimately, yes, it's a romance yeah. language. It's the same basis. It's the same, you know, sentence structure, grammar, whatever. Um, even if the pronunciation is a bit different, so you're kind of like, how can that possibly be the case? But I've, I've heard that like, in Brazil, people have maybe more of a perfectionistic attitude, like they do in French, to learning English. So that I can see how, like, you might feel comfortable then, like, just kind of listening and not wanting to express okay. yourself. So I can see how they can. Um, but it is normal to have for your speaking to be ahead of your your listening would... rather to be ahead of your speaking yeah. most of the time. Even when you're learning your your first language as a kid, that that's usually what happens. That's it. And I think a lot of lot of things kind of um, come into play, including mm. your personality trait, uh, mm. whether you're an extroverted or introverted person. So I would yeah. say that uh, I would say your ideal client would be someone who is extroverted, actually. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Extrovert, introverts introverts uh, don't, they, they listen a lot. They sort of are more passive. Yeah, they, mm. they, are, they, are, they are good at it, yes. And whereas extroverts, they tend to want to speak a lot and express themselves and kind of, you know, put themselves in the spot spotlight, so to speak. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. I actually work with a lot of people who are Italian, not only, but I think that's also more to do with like a lot of speakers of Romance languages in Europe, apart yeah. from the Portuguese, who seem to be the sort of exception. They, yeah, it, it, the way it's taught in schools is still quite traditional, and even and even even among younger people, it's maybe not as good as it as it could be. No offense if you're an Italian teacher of English. I think conditions for teachers of English in sort of high schools and middle schools are really not really appropriate in a lot of kids. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's a hard thing to teach and often schools aren't very supportive. They think it's like maths or geography, like just cram a bunch of facts, like just learn all yeah. the verb tables and then you know it or something, which is obviously not. Well, you may learn works. it. You may learn it for the exam and then you kind of pass forget the exam or the test. You you do well in the test, but you forget it immediately because, hmm. as you say, you just cram it. There is no like reason for learning it. There's no motivation. You know, it's just all in order to pass the exam or to do well in the yeah, test. So it's it, a it's, thing it's, that's imposed on you. And, yeah, it's yeah. not. That's where you come in, I guess, with your idea. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get back to that. So yeah, uh, let's, teach mm. English through movies. Yeah, yeah. And so these days, I still focus quite a lot on the listening bit because, well, I mean, it is important for understanding movies, which are often hard to understand. I mean, sometimes even harder than just normal conversations. So, I mean, there, there, there is something um, about movie dialogue that makes it hard. I think not just in English, in other languages as well, but that also makes it a, a good um, place to train your listening because then in real life it, you know, we hope it will be slightly less difficult and you'll have trained yourself with something harder. So, that can yep. be an, an advantage. So people want help with that, definitely. So I do 
um, I kind of come at it from a perspective of, of like, you know, um, everybody wants to watch movies without subtitles. That's a goal for a lot of people. And then that's obviously useful for real life because there's loads of scenarios where you don't have subtitles because when you talk to people, you don't have subtitles and, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's useful for, for these two kinds of, you know, situations. You're going to improve your listening for talking to native speakers. Um, as actually interacting with people. And I do work with a lot of people who like they do genuinely need to talk to native speakers. There's a lot of English learners who'll never talk to an English speaker ever. Um, so they don't need to worry about this. Um, that's a surprisingly large group of people will never, you know, probably never interact with a native speaker. And that's absolutely fine. They'll be speaking English with other people who, who for who it's not a first language. So that's great. Like, well, it's it's a thing as well because it's, yeah. it has a name. It's called ling English as a lingua franca. Yeah, so mm. um, there are a lot of people these days who actually point out that, um, like, they not point out, but they sort of mm, wonder, like, what's the the kind of English we should even be teaching as English mm. teachers? Yeah, so yeah, perhaps uh, teaching English. Uh, teaching or having this slogan speak English like a native or sound like a native, perhaps it's not the best approach. Uh, so it's all kind of, it's a point of contention, let's say. It's a, it's a sticky Yeah, de def definitely. Yeah. I mean, for me, I come at it from my perspective of, you know, I've lived in France for 15 years now. So um, I know what it's like when you move to a new country and you, well, I mean, I could speak French when I arrived, it was fine, but um, I came with the intention of improving it because I, I wanted to sound more idiomatic and natural. And for me, yep. if you're going to live somewhere for a long time, I think it is good to sound close to natives because it, it helps you get closer to people and it helps you feel, it can help you feel more integrated. I mean, it's not a guarantee. Yep. That yeah. you will be integrated but for me in my experience living abroad it's been really useful to do that and i mean there are obviously british people or tends to be british people in france who you know barely speak a word of french or don't speak it yeah. very well and who and it made their life difficult with brexit because all of a sudden they had to like take language exams to get french nationality and for me that just it wasn't even i didn't actually have to do an exam because i yeah. had i have a a master's degree from French university. And so if you've studied in France, they consider that like you can speak the language at any level of diploma. So it could be something like um, more vocational or, you know, it doesn't matter. Like if, you, if you've studied in France, they consider like you must be able to speak the language. Otherwise you could never have passed mm. your exams. So um, yeah, so just to come back to like, for, 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 for you know, like I say, I'm working with people who they either like live in an English speaking country or they travel a lot, or they're living like in a third country. Do you see what I mean? Like, so yeah. I work with someone who lives in Switzerland. So if you're going to live in Switzerland, you know, it's a multilingual place. And obviously English is important because it's so international. So you kind yeah. of have to speak Italian, French, German, and English. You have to, you know, have, you have to be willing to be multilingual. Although, to be honest, when I worked in French speaking Switzerland, I got the impression that a lot of the people who were Swiss and spoke French, like they didn't really know how to speak German, for instance. But anyway, that's a whole other <laughs> that's a whole other issue. Um, but yeah, usually if you're going to live in Switzerland, 
yeah, you have to be multilingual. It's just the reality of the situation. Or I, or I know people like living in other countries like the Netherlands or Croatia, or you know, they're often having to learn um, English plus the language of where they're living, and yeah, yeah. it can get quite kind of complicated. Um, it's cool though. I mean, you know, to live your life in all these languages, I think it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. So I just clarify that to like, you know. I'm working with people who are very motivated because like, mm. you know, they need English for their life, really. It's yep. um yeah. But that's really cool. And it's the same for me with languages. It's um I like learning languages, I really like it a lot. And then they but it gets even more serious when you're like, okay, I'm gonna go and live in the country, I'm gonna, you know, this is where you have to it's not just like, oh, this is a fun hobby, it's like, okay, this is quite kind of serious now because I need this to be able to live my life and do all the things I need to do. So, um, yeah, it takes on like a new level of importance, I think. Um, I've just wandered really far from your like original question or statement. I don't know if I remember what yeah, it I'm, was. I'm trying to, well, <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, like, I like this when I just sort of talk to my guest and time flies. I mean, yeah. ultimately, we are we are here for English learners who just need to listen to some English. And if we go on of if we go off on a few tangents, I think it's not a big issue. But yeah. since we have you here, and I you asked me in that email that you would like <laughs> to promote your own project. Yeah, that's true. We might yeah. as well find out more about it. So, yeah. so where can, an important question: Where can my listeners find you, Kara? Oh yeah, that's a good that's a good point. So they can go to um, leonisting.com, which is my website, and if you type that in the internet, you'll get my website and you'll get um, YouTube. Yeah, that's the only places I am these days. I quit social media. I so. should probably do the same, to be honest. Yeah, I think. Oh, I don't. I, I'm getting very, very sick and tired of this, to be honest with you. So uh, I might follow you soon. Yeah, I been quit quit Facebook two years ago. I deleted my account, and I believe I still have a, an account that's in hibernation. But I never, um, I don't have the login details. Like I don't know how to. Here we go. How to get how to get back in? Oh, that was oh, that's fancy. Um, I think I wanted to say before I was getting yes, we were trying to make this link between um, yeah, watching movies, understanding native speakers, teaching listening. I mean, like I do have you know, material and products for learning how to understand fast talking native speakers better. And I do do that um, through movies. And for me, that's kind of the foundation for then going on to what is the really exciting part, which is, you know, watching the movies, understanding them and talking about them with other people. Mm. So that's kind of, you know, what it's evolved into with the... So is that a course? Is that a course my my listeners or anyone listening to this can actually enroll on? Well, they can enroll in. I've got a course called Movies on the Run, which is... um, I would say like if you wanted to afterwards to come and do the movie club that's a good course to do because it teaches you how to understand fast talking native speakers without subtitles and obviously movies without subtitles so that's a good way to start you know to make it a bit easier for you to to understand movies but I don't like demand perfection with that either so like my students have different strategies as well when, when we watch a movie um every month so some of them will like watch a dubbed version before they watch it in English. 
Okay. Um, but that would be like for lower levels, right? Like why um, would you work? Not even, not even. I have someone who's quite competent who does that just to like. So, so when you say dubbed version, you mean they would first watch it in their first language? In their, in their language. So the idea there is, yeah, the idea, I think, is to um, be able to understand the plot very, really thoroughly and mm. then to be confident going into watching the English version that you're not missing anything due to like getting lost because you haven't understand, understood some of the language. I think it's quite a good strategy. It's obviously more time consuming, but yeah. I mean, this is something um, to be aware of. If you if you do want to learn with movies, you know, you can't just kind of stick on the movie and imagine it's going to teach you everything. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. So there's a lot of preparation that can go into it. Whereas, it, yeah. Wouldn't you say it depends on your level? Because to be honest, like if once you are at least B1, if once you are at least intermediate, like anyone who listens to this podcast, yeah, in my, in my opinion, doesn't need to watch the movie in their first language first. Obviously, it's your method. Um, yeah. I would actually argue that it is not necessary to understand the plot in depth. And uh, I think the bigger picture or let's say the gist is more important and you could watch it twice. First, for just for the gist, yeah, and, and then, the and then watch it, rewatch it, and yeah. just try to catch more or pick up more phrases, ah. look at more, more details, and notice the nuances. You know. Yeah, I actually found it hard at B one level in French to watch an entire movie, and I probably okay. wouldn't have watched a dubbed version. That's not my method. That's like one of my what one of my students does, and I let them do what they want, basically. Of course, yeah. Uh, when it comes to watching the movie, so that's that's his strategy. He likes to really. And be sure to understand it really thoroughly. I think it's because afterwards we do a lot of discussion and he yeah. always notices a, a lot of things. And I, okay. I, I guess watching the dubbed version first must help. And then yeah. um, he feels better about I guess if you take it this seriously, then yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I'm, makes just, sense, I'm just thinking yeah. like of, of a, of a um, let's say, uh, typical English learner, right? Mm. So I would say that not many people would want to do this because it doesn't sound that motivating or mm. it might sound more like um, like kind of hard work, right? You have to do mm. a lot of, lot of things in order to get get to the finish line. I'm not sure, yeah, yeah? but but I understand it also comes down to some sort of individual needs. So yeah. I guess and, I guess and... the bottom line is, if 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 this is how someone really improves, this is how if if this is how it works for someone, then why yeah. not? But I think yep. people have to know the reality of it before they go into it. Because I would never t say to anyone go into a movie cold. Like I, you know, I give my students a lot of information about the movie so that they can kind of like at the very least watch the trailer beforehand or like read a little summary yep. of the story. Like don't you know? not go in cold go in with a you know just a little bit of information and i think this, okay. this is these are things that we do in our own yep. um, language because if someone says to me oh do you, do you want to go and see such and such a film at the cinema like if i don't know what it is sometimes i might just trust the person enough to just go but then but i would probably you know like go go watch the trailer go read a little bit about it Re reviews um, and stuff like that yeah. yeah yeah i mean try not to like read spoilers of course this is this course, is always yeah. a bit delicate same if somebody invites you to a concert you might go on the band camp of the group beforehand if you've never heard of them just to check like am i into this or you know yeah. even if sometimes it's fun just to go without without knowing but um 
yeah, but there's no there's no sort of reward either without the the effort. So I think like people want watching movies to be effortless, but I think it's one of the hardest things you can do when you're learning a language. So like, you know, you can't you can't have you can't have both. You can't have it be you know. Uh, Doesn't it also depend on the type of movie you watch? Because I can imagine. Listen, I can yeah. imagine that an action movie mm. where let's say most of the scenes are not really talking or there's minimal. Oh, yeah, that. it's just and, noise. And people, you kind of get it because maybe if you if you are used to watching movies in your first language and if you are one of the movie people, then yeah. uh, you, you are able to sort of Mm, put two and two together and to deduce it or to figure it out you know you know yeah. what i mean mm. uh, whereas when it comes to some more i don't know what, what it would be some more complex movies or movies that have a lot of dialogue in them mm. uh, what kind of movie would they be like romantic comedies <laughs> what, what we, do you think? We, we actually we watch quite a lot of dramas in okay. the movie club because we have watched like straight up comedies and romantic comedies um but we tend to get the most kind of mileage from dramas he, and here I'm talking about the actual discussion part because yeah. like comedies okay did you find it funny or you know there's yeah there's not that might much be stressful as well right might be there's this pressure of you have to understand the joke you have to get it otherwise uh, yeah. you are missing out you're missing out whereas with dramas um it's more about emotions i guess yeah. right they touch on yeah. more like universal themes as well exactly I think. Yeah. so you know we mm. end up discussing and some i mean some movies can be a good combination like last year we watched my girl which is like uh an old movie with um an old movie like a movie from the 90s we often watch movies from the 90s to be honest okay um because like nowadays all movies are like action superhero movies yeah. i mean <laughs> Yeah. Uh and um yeah that was a good that was an interesting movie because it is a comedy but there are like some like Tra there is tragedy in it as well so you've got that combination you've got the whole sort of spectrum of human emotions which is really cool and you get to see kind of like sort of america in the 1970s and it's yeah it's, it's, it's it, even though the film is from the 90s it's set in the 1970s so Do you know what it, mm. yeah so, sorry lots yeah, of layers to it <laughs> yeah well as an english teacher who have who has always used board games in teaching mm. uh Throughout my career, I have kind of developed uh, my own way of doing it. And I have also learned to understand what sort of games work the best. Mm. I mean, now I mean specific games, not, not only specific games, but also kind of genres or, or let's say types of games. Right. So I, I assume it would be the same with you. So you say it's dramas. Dramas tend to be the best movies yeah for for so there's different movies mm -hmm. that are good for different things so dramas are good for generating discussion but i would say comedies are often easier to understand i mean that that okay comedy is such a big category but i mean i think there's a reason why so many people learned watching friends or you know situation comedies like that because yeah. You know, they just tend to be a bit, a bit easier. They want you. They, although there are jokes, they want you to get the joke because they want it to be. You know, they want, they want an easy laugh. You know, from, <laughs> from these types of things. So, um, yeah. Also, it depends what you, what you want to do. But yeah, I would also avoid certain types of movie for English learning because you know, Such like as? You say, action movies. It's just yeah. explosions and noise and not a lot of dialogue. And then when people do speak, you've got someone like really inarticulate, like Vin Diesel, who's really hard <laughs> to understand. So, I mean, 
for me, that's not a good use of your time. Like it already takes a long time to watch a movie. I mean, it's, you have to be really into it. So you may as well like watch a movie that's going to, um, you know, expose you to the kind of language that you want to learn. That's also an issue. I mean, you could argue that a movie from the nineties set in the seventies, well, maybe the language is slightly less useful, but I don't really think that makes a huge difference. so yeah, it's figuring out kind of what you need and what you want to do with it. Um, and I mean, if I wasn't doing the movie club, I'd probably just watch comedies all the time because I like watching mm-hmm. comedies. Yeah. But um, yeah, definitely for discussions, dramas um, yeah. are are better. Is what, is what we've oh, you know in two years of, of doing fair. this of watching and discussing movies, we've we've um, we've come to that conclusion so yeah. so it's similar to to me with the games i have come to the conclusion that social deduction games are the best oh what are social deduction games social deduction games are uh, let's say a subcategory of deduction games but like you're trying cludo. To work, uh cludo is a deduction game yes so right, you're, okay. you're trying to find out who had, who'd done it but social deduction games are those games where at the beginning of the game you have a secret role oh. and, um there are more people like everyone has a different role and uh, often you have two different teams like the good guys and the bad guys i'm really okay. simplifying it now but yeah. the idea is that during the game you have to talk to each other in in order to sort of find out who is who or to find people you can trust or to find the bad guys so that you can mm-hmm. avoid them in the game or even kill them if it's like oh right that, wow that, okay. that, is... i mean not 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 literally but in the in the game, right? Okay, yeah, <laughs> so, in the, as part of the game. Wow. Okay. Basically, um, the criteria, the main criteria for me are, yeah, um, when I play that game, yeah, uh, or when my students play that those those games, are they going to use that language a lot? Are they going mm. to use the target language a lot? Are they, uh, is th- is that a good opportunity for them to practice using that language? Is that an authentic use. So I would say these are some similar things you have to think about when choosing yeah, your are, Yeah, well, I think any the- material, and I mean, this is kind of what annoys me, is like people ju- do want to just be spoon-fed, like tell me like what to watch or like give me all the words in English that I need or give, give me this, give me, give me, give me, give me, you know. And actually, you know, unfortunately, you know, okay, so we can give you things as a starting point, but then what's going to be more valuable for you is knowing how to select the right thing for yourself so that it always comes back to like what's always going to be more valuable for you in life is like learning to be more independent when you learn um independent and also like interdependent like um for me it's really important to use your language with other people and to find people who like the same things as you and talk to them but also being independent in the you know instead of just like watching the the series that everybody's talking about, like The Crown or something like that, which I've never watched. I don't care about the royal family. I do not want to watch hours and hours of series of them, like, you know, enough. And I don't even know if the language would even be that useful. Like, it's going to be much better for you if you can just figure out kind of like, okay, you know, what do I like that yeah. motivates me to watch it? What do I need? Because like yeah. it could be really useful for some people to watch a hospital drama. That could be a really easy way to learn a lot of medical English if you need it. Exactly. I mean, um, yeah. And uh, you know, also what's your level? So like, it's always trying to like juggle between kind of like, okay, this seems to be the thing that responds to, to these criteria the, the best. I mean, and, and again, there's knowing that there's no perfect material. So 
Yeah, yeah, ultimately, for me, it comes down to you have to enjoy it, yeah? Because yeah. The, more you, the more you enjoy it, I mean, it's a cliche, but the more you enjoy it, the more likely you are to keep going, the more, the more likely you yeah. are to stay motivated, which is the key for me. And yeah. you mentioned the crown. I have a student from Italy yeah. who, is he, who is obsessed with the RP and she, for some reason, likes uh, posh people. And, okay, but um, what the queen she likes? She likes that TV show. She, she okay. loves it, yeah. And well, then, good for her. <laughs> exactly, exactly. For someone like me, I can't stand Friends, for example. So I would never... <laughs> Watch oh, good. That. Same here. I can't. I'm fed up with friends. Basically, had enough of. Well, it. I know a lot of people love it. Yeah, people and I know still love it now. There are a lot of useful dialogues there as well. So for me, it's definitely like thrillers or spy movies or something like that. Yeah, that might may have some dialogues in them too. Not necessarily action movies where it's just all about shooting, but some there are some intrigues and I guess it's close to dramas as well. So that would be yeah. my kind of thing. So what, what what's your What's your favorite genre then? Um, well, I, you know, that's what this is why I don't necessarily like talk a lot about what I'm watching because I don't know if it's always like very um, useful. Because, um, you know, one of the, we haven't been watching series so much recently. I find that like with my partner, we'll start watching a series and then the series will get cancelled. <laughs> like, honestly, we've watched some really good stuff and it gets like cancelled after two, three, four seasons. We're like, why? This series, this TV show was amazing and they cancel mm -hmm. it. Like, what's with that? And then people are still watching repeats of Friends. Well, obviously, if you cancel like good new stuff, then all that's left is like Friends. <laughs> old episodes <laughs> of Friends. Oh my God. So that happens to us. Or sometimes we start watching TV series and then we just kind of like, we can't be bothered to watch Friend. the next season or whatever but like so some a, a show that i've really enjoyed and i've watched really consistently is what we do in the shadows which is uh, such a silly program it's like a, a mockumentary okay so portmanteau word for talking about the tv series a bit like sitcom which is situation and comedy mockumentary is mock and documentary so what we do in the shadows is a fake documentary about these vampires living in staten island Hmm. Um, close to New York and so it's filmed in the documentary style um, and it's just really silly it's silly but they have actually managed to do it where they've got kind of like some threads running through every season so there is like an there is there's character arcs for the people in the series because there's like these vampires and there's also vampires I didn't know this vampires have a familiar so your familiar is a human who like kind of looks after all oh, your vampiric needs like a sort of housekeeper, errand runner type person. And there's a very good character arc for the familiar in what we do in the shadows. And it's just very, very funny. Um, and the accents are funny because the vampires are all like European originally. So one is British, one is supposed to be from Greece and mm -hmm. one is from, well, and they're all very old. So one is from a place which is now modern day Iran but in his time, it wasn't called Iran. But anyway, so there's some really funny accents. It's just really silly. And it's interesting because there's a kind of like culture shock element because, you know, even if they've lived in the USA for hundreds of years as vampires, they still don't understand American culture and they don't really understand modern life because, you know, they're hundreds of years old. Um, and that's just really silly and funny, but I can understand that like for a lot of people that it, it wouldn't be. And then another thing I was watching a lot during the pandemic was 
ridiculousness. So we watched the French version. Well, it's like dubbed into French. And it's a really annoying dubbing where like they leave the English. You can still like hear the English and then they dub it in French on top. It's so oh my weird. God. Um, I don't know why MTV is like this. All the programs are dubbed into French. And I was like, I thought this was like a channel for like young people, but That's... who you'd think would, you know, want to mm -hmm. listen in English but um and that's just you know that's literally just compilations of of videos from the internet of people hurting themselves and I mean it's just really silly so it's you funny. so so let me ask you quick some quick fire questions so are you yeah. against dubbing are you against dubbing when it comes to language learning then not really I I think it can have its place and I think it's creative how my student uses it and I think there's definitely a place for it just knowing how to you know, work with it appropriately. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, then I want to ask you, what's what's better, TV shows or films for learning English? Like, what what, what would you actually, where do you stand on that? Yeah, okay. probably t TV series for many reasons, for the length and for the, 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 the getting into rhythm with watching them, because if you find one that you really like, you'll keep coming back to it. So it's, it, they're a lot easier than movies in many, many ways. Mm -hmm. And I often think about how I could use TV series rather than movies. The reason I use movies in my movie club is that we spend a whole month on one movie. So we really go in really deep on the movie. So in that sense, um, you know, you get to the end of the month and you understand it really, really well. It's still not perfectly, but you understand it a lot better than when you you started. So I actually like that the, the going deep on one thing, whereas if you... If you were to do a kind of club with TV series, it'd be very like, you know, every week, you know, trying to keep up, trying to keep up, like busy, busy, busy. You know, you can't really go in depth in each episode. But then again, you probably don't need to. And it, yeah. it's different in a TV series. But let's say if you're an independent learner, I guess TV shows are better. I would actually uh, tend to agree with that. Yeah. Uh, because I like the, the fact that you can kind of, uh, you have more time to sort of get to know the characters. Exactly, there is a, a yeah. Character development. Whereas with the movies, it's like too quick. Yeah. And, and then it's over I, by the time you've played. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can like explore more in TV shows. And I like uh, even me as a as a use as a what do you call it? Like the guy that like um, user, right? The, the, the just, user just, report. Just, just as as me as Denek. If I don't think of myself as a language learner, what's the word for it? As me as yeah, just you, yeah, you're right. Yeah, just okay. You, uh, yeah, it's like consumer. <laughs> So, <laughs> no, a, produ a producer, yeah, a user of the language. Yes. User, yeah. user of the language, someone who just watches watches um, films or TV yeah. shows. I just prefer TV shows. I just it's it's closer to my heart. I, mm. I don't know why, but it's just the way it is. Um, okay, so what about subtitles? So basically, well, I'm I'm now interested in your view because I guess. Um, I guess it's 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 divided. Like teachers say different things. So I wonder, like, what's your take on subtitles, I, English I, subtitles, and subtitles in your own native language as well? Yeah, I, I don't know why it's divided because, like, it's like anything. It's it's just a tool, you know. Like like all of these things, you just it's a tool. You just don't have to know how to use it. A bit like dubbing, which you could choose not to use at all, but you if you use it in a sort of strategic way, it could be quite clever so like subtitles just exactly the same thing um it's a tool that you need to learn to 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 use um for me you know improving your listening skills a thing that really helps is having some kind of text to check mm. 
your work essentially so like that can be tricky with podcasts not every podcast comes with a transcript because they're expensive to produce and they you know um whereas at least with movies you get you've got an instant transcript in the form of the subtitles so that means you can check what you've listened to um so subtitles are good in that sense any form of of, of written transcription of what you're listening to is going to be essential um, see, so, language see, so, so you say this, like I agree, no. it can be beneficial, but I can also see the opposite point. Like I can play the devil's advocate. So yeah. if I think about this, like using a transcript or even like reading out the subtitles, it doesn't seem like a natural thing for me to do. It doesn't reflect the real life. Yeah. So it's not, uh, you know, so that's, that would be my like counter argument. Counter argument. I mean, I suppose it, yeah. it, again, it depends what you do with it. Because I mean, I don't know. People people argue sort of slightly. Yeah, I suppose. But does everything you have to do in language learning have to be natural? That's a good question. Yeah, because you have people who like course books, textbooks, and that's mm. unnatural, completely unnatural. And then there are people who like to, I guess, learn with me. I, I prefer teaching through, let's say, communi communication or through just mm. dialogues. You know. And they're doing it in, a, in an authentic way, but but I'm not saying one is better than the other. Yeah, there's just yeah, there's different because even when yeah. we say natural, like when you were a baby and a kid, you're learning your first language. People were not talking to you naturally; they were modifying their language. What you had storybooks and, and and books you were reading, yeah. your first books you were reading at school. They're not they're not fun books to read. John mm. has a ball. John kicked the ball. I mean, they're boring, but we have to read them and we have to do things at school like write stuff out. You know, we have to practice handwriting and practice our motor skills. And, you know, it, reading and writing is a little bit less natural. But this is also the thing. If you're an adult learning, I'm assuming you're literate. I mean, not everybody <laughs> is, but I mean, assuming you're I hope literate. So. <laughs> I hope so. Um, I'm not always assuming, sure, but I hope so. <laughs> You know, assuming you're literate, it gives you this advantage is that you can use like two modalities. You can even use two modalities at the same time. Um, but again, I mean, I hate to be very relativistic about it, but I think you can argue that everything works. Yeah. And in whatever dose combination or whatever that you want, and it really does depend to a certain extent on mm. on you. But and I then you have enough. Yeah. No, this is this is. I, I like to talk about this because then you have, you have also some people, and I, mm. I, I am sometimes like this. You, you, who sort of believe that certain things work better than the others because maybe you have some research behind it. There's evidence True. for it. Yeah. It's academic. Yeah. Mm. So that as well. For example, translation is it good really for you when learning English? Is it good to use one language? Um, to, to have subtitles in a different language than the original is it is that a good thing for you you know so you so might have I, some... yeah well it's funny actually so, so someone asked because i was kind of like you know sub subtitling you know we can use it we can use it for part of watching a movie or tv you know you can sort of turn it on and off and play with mm. it and certainly use it to check your work and you know it has all these advantages and and i've always thought yeah you probably shouldn't start mixing up you know audio input in one language and then written language in your I don't language. think you should. That's... It's my yeah. belief as a teacher. However, and... yep. did you know that, for example, in Japan, so I was on a podcast earlier this year um, with somebody who is has a lot of familiarity with teaching in Japan and um, who said that that's the normal scenario for Japanese people. They The audio is in English and then the um, subtitles are in like the Japanese 
mm. script because they don't have a tradition of dubbing, you know, like in France and Italy, there's a lot know. of, you know, so yep. actually some people have always, you know, used this combination of, um, I know, but is that is that is that the right way to do it? Is that the most effective way to learn the language? Now, let's be honest. I I, I know this is a, we are on thin ice here. We are on a dangerous ground. But <laughs> take, take take a typical Japanese learner yeah. and look at someone from Sweden. In Sweden, they don't have any dubbing. Yeah, in Norway, they don't have any dubbing. Yeah. Everything is in original from from their childhood. Mm. And then Japanese, they they have to watch it. In Japanese, in, um, uh, in original Japanese and with English subtitles, and then mm-hmm. compare, compare how, where these two learners get, how far yeah. they get in their language proficiency, how, how likely they are to, yeah. to achieve. I mean, they can't all be to how fast they learn. I know we should yeah. like generalize. I know mm-hmm. that, yeah. But at the same time, I've got enough evidence supporting this uh, from my teaching career that. I would actually argue that that's not the right way to do it, Japanese people. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they don't have they don't have much of a tr- you know they don't have much. Of yeah. a, they're they're yeah. working with what they have, and I think a big yeah. part of learning language is being resourceful and you're right. You're you know, right. working working with what the constraints that you that you that you have and um, doing the best you can with them. But yeah, obviously, the Scandinavian countries are in a particular. There's more to it than just the TV, obviously. Um, yeah, but that's but, a big part of it, and it's not just them. It's like Denmark and mm-hmm. Netherlands and these all these countries, you know. Yeah, that tend to have a good level of, of English. Oh, I think yep. there must be multiple factors, but yeah, if I I had to choose, I would I would go for you know audio in the same language and subtitles in the the same language. Um, yep. I think that makes it that makes it easier um just the danger is that sometimes people get stuck in the situation where um they're sort of reading the subtitles all the time you know mm-hmm. when they're watching a movie or a tv series yeah. i think there's also the danger that you you end up doing that all the time so i think you have to be careful you also have to know what you're doing so if you're watching the movie because you really want to make sure you understand the whole plot like maybe yeah maybe it could be interesting to watch initially with subtitles and be like okay i want to get everything i really i want to really not miss a thing and then watch it maybe a second time to actually more kind of appreciate like the visuals and the whole the kind of ambiance of the movie and not you you know not have everything kind of spoon fed to you if you like in the subtitles so i I think again it depends what you want to do some people really like having the subtitles on all the time because they want to like write down every expression they come across and it's it's sort of like a vocabulary tool for them So I think yeah. again, it really depends, like what you want, what you want to, what you're trying to do, basically. Um, you're right, but that it's, it's it's necessary to point out that when you watch movies and you mm. read the subtitles, and you have subtitles on, um, because it's an easier skill. Yeah. Easier for your brain. Uh, they told they told me this um, at my Delta Delta mm. course. Yeah. So when you do that, you're not practicing listening. Yeah, even if even if if the audio is on, your brain is focusing on the reading. On the reading. So so yeah. you should keep that in mind. Like not you, Sakara. <laughs> I'm talking to to uh, English learners. Yeah? yeah, English learners. If you have subtitles on, I'm not saying it's bad. Like as long as it's in the target language, that's my view. Um, just may, just bear in mind that you are practicing reading, not listening yeah. so much. 
not so and like much. and people have written to me saying like I, can, I i understand every word on these subtitles but like i can't i can't catch it the word without the sub you know so sometimes it can actually end up being uh a problem for people a trap um, yeah. a trap that they get into and then they sort of can't get out of and then then that makes other things difficult because obviously in, it in life you don't have subtitles everywhere no. all the time for good re you know exactly. um so it can it can actually make your life difficult but like a super simple tip i i, I got from a friend to do with that she works a lot with um tv series and movies for teaching italian and, and it was just to like you know okay so you know you're going to need the subtitles sometimes like it can be a bit hard without them so she's just kind of like we'll just use them like some of the time and i think that's such a good answer to this question because sometimes it gets very binary like either you use them all the time or you never use them which is not yeah. really a helpful answer because like there's times where you, you you do need them or you you really want mm -hmm. to check some new expression and you need to switch you know like there are moments where it is necessary but, but just in your in your movie watching instead of sort of like oh, i'm gonna have them on all the time just like maybe have them on for five minutes turn them off for five minutes yep. or if a scene is really difficult you could have them on for that scene then you turn them off for a bit knowing that kind of like you know in in the moments where they're off your brain is going to figure out what's exactly. going on because you'll be paying attention to other things you'll be paying attention yeah. to the scenery and the body language and people's you know gestures and lip movements and you yeah. know i think that's yeah, a good because, way to absolutely know. because i don't know if, if your brain is like if if your brain is designed in that way that you can process like two different skills at the same time you know like i'm, yeah. I'm not sure like it's 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 is that an actual thing to do that's why I kind of like podcasts because, like, there you don't really have a choice. Like, you, you just or even YouTube videos like these, right? Mm. You, have the, um, you can have gestures, I guess. Um, body language helps you, you know. Yeah, and but it's mostly just two talking heads, so I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but then that that then that has its disadvantages. I mean, because then you 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 will miss a lot unless you were to come back and like. Have a have a look at certain bits with the transcript and yeah. um, you know, depends so, on your level, of course, right? If, yeah, if your yeah, level, if your level is high enough, like it's if you're at least B two, mm. even if you miss something, you should be able to kind of figure it out, you know. Probably because you've got enough language that you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're building on what you know, and you know a lot. So, yeah, that definitely makes it easier. I feel, mm. I feel, I feel more for our B one people. That's a difficult stage yeah. to be at because. Yeah. You, you know quite a lot already, but you, mm, some stuff is still just too hard, but the beginner stuff is too easy. Yeah. And yeah, that's a that's a yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, that's a difficult place to be in. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool, Cara. So I think uh, that's where we will leave it for tonight. But um, it's been a great debate with you. You are a mm. true professional and uh, you understand this field. And that's why uh, um, that's exactly what uh, what I was looking forward to. Yeah. So, Cara, good luck with uh, your business. Uh, thank you very much for your participation today. And uh, once again, uh, we, you guys, uh, listeners, can find uh, Cara at leo, L-E-O, dash, listening.com. Yeah. All right. Come, all right. Thanks, Adenek. That was take awesome. Take care, Cara. I'm going to go and eat something. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot for listening. For more information, go to Zdenek's English Podcast Facebook group or visit zdenek'senglishpodcast.podbean.com. 
Would you like to become more confident and fluent in English? Would you like to practice speaking regularly with international friends? Would you like to develop your communication skills? Would you like to get more exposure to English and great new routines which are bound to increase your English level? If your answers are yes, yes, yes and yes, then you should join the Achievers Chamber Discord group and take part in regular events and group lessons with me, Teachers Denek and other members. In this brilliant and growing community, we have members at B1, B2, C1 and even C2 level. There are three different tiers of membership to choose from, basic, silver and gold, depending on your budget. Our members are from eight different countries. Bear in mind that most events and lessons take place in the evening of Central European time. For more details about the benefits of the membership and instructions on how to join, head over to teachersdenek.com.